Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Wikishuffle. My name's Jack. I am joined by Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. And we are going to be delving into the wonderful world of Wikipedia once again for you. We'll be pressing the random article button on Wikipedia and talking about whatever it throws up. Um, first yeah. off, though, we're getting good at describing how this works now, aren't yeah, we? That, that, that sound is very swish. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but maybe we basically should... what I say every episode. But okay. yeah, but now you yeah. say it with some confidence, like okay. some drive. Yeah, we know what we do. We know what our purpose is in life. Twenty episodes in, and now we've got confidence. <laughs> oh, Watch yeah. out, world. <laughs> um, Phil, I believe you've or oh, we've been tweeted something interesting this week. Yes, thank you very much to at Lauren Afterglow on the Twitters um, for linking us to um, a man with way too much time on his hands. Listening to this, you'd be quite right to assume that we've got too much time on our hands in spending mm-hmm. this much time delving through um, Wikipedia. Not as much time or inclination as Mr. Michael Mandiberg. Good name. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice useful alliteration. Well done, Michael Mandiberg. Well, it's mum. Well, well done, Michael's <laughs> mum. Um, maybe that's why she went wanted the full out alliteration so she could be known as Michael Mandyberg's mum, and her that's name's good. Margaret. She sounds like an evil mastermind. Michael Mandyberg's mum, Margaret Mandyberg. Mm. Don't gold. use any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have as much time on our hands as Michael Mandyberg, who has made the questionable decision. Um, and a, quote him, poetic gesture towards the futility and scale of big data um, by printing out all of Wikipedia. Mm. That's right, printing it out into a hard copy form. Um, so, to be fair, they do look quite pretty. Have you they seen are, the pictures? They are pretty. Mm-hmm. I would um, quite like the books. Um, it does seem like a desirable thing to own. Until you see just how much um, is involved in finding the storage for these. Wikipedia comes out at 7,600 bound volumes. Nine, the first 91 adjust the table of contents, um, and <laughs> 36 volumes adjust for listing the 7.5 million contributors. Wow. Jeez, oh. And it's out of date as soon as he exactly. printed it. Well, it, it must have been out of date as he was going, so yeah. I don't even understand how where he drew the line. Just the no. the logistical exercise must have been terrifying. Um, what a gimp! Yeah, there's only he's only made one, um, and it's in an exhibition. <laughs> it's probably for the best. He's hosting an exhibition called From Ah to Zap, um, which would be the first and last entry. Uh, in Wikipedia, um, and once that's done, the 7,600 book artwork will be available to buy for a cool 500,000 US dollars. Yeah, but I'll have to think that. about it. I'll discuss it with the wife. <laughs> yep, well done, Mike. Um, and here we go. Well, I think well done is a bit much. Um, yeah, no one congratulates me when I waste a colossal amount of time, so no, Mike, go and do something productive. 
And in the meantime, um, I will hand what, over... What have you done that you think is sufficiently comparable to what Michael Mandyberg has done? In terms of wasting time? Yep. Almost everything I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare that I don't waste time. But how much of that have you put a $500,000 um, price tag on? Uh, well, none of it. Unless you want to buy some of my artwork. I think you're missing a trick. So all I'm saying, <laughs> you know... Okay, so I'm going to hand over to Phil and we are going to press the random article button and he's going to guide us through whatever we land on. The 47th Primetime Emmy Awards. When, when was that? Well, 47th. Just after the 46th. Oh, of course, yes. Before the 48th. Mm-hmm. That was the ceremony um, was on September the 10th, 1995. Oh, there should be some gold in here. There will be mm. some, uh, yeah. Sort of the precursor to the golden age of television but there was still very good stuff in the 90s five, year, five years before the golden age of television even thought about starting there's going yeah. to be some old claptrap in here oh of course <laughs> the 47th annual primetime emmy awards were held on sunday september the 10th 1995 the award show was hosted by jason alexander and sybil shepherd jason alexander is an american actor comedian director producer singer and writer Best known for his role as George Costanza on the sitcom Seinfeld, which was the only good thing in the 1990s. So let's hope that that, that they had him presenting probably means it didn't win anything. I can't believe I didn't know George Costanza's um, real name. No. I feel shamed. Me too. Sorry, internet, because I know the internet will not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed too. Why is Seinfeld not on TV here? Yeah, Friends is on every fucking minute of the and day. Yeah, so Why no Seinfeld? I haven't watched it. Because it's not on TV. I just have, yeah, I, I'm sure but I'd love it. I, just I went haven't sat a few years ago. I thought, right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to watch Seinfeld because I'd never seen a minute of it, mm. like literally two or three years ago. And it's great. It is. It's so good. Um, but yeah, it just yeah, doesn't. Way I don't think it was ever a thing here, really. No. no well, BBC, BBC Two got it and they dicked about with it in the schedule. Something yeah, they chronic. do that. I don't know why the BBC is so terrible yeah, with BBC shouldn't be allowed any foreign telly because they just don't give it any respect. Stick whatsoever. it on BBC Two and I'll put it on at like half 11 on a Wednesday. Yeah. Well, they even do it with their own stuff. All over like the they, place. Were, they were fanning about with um, Inside Number Nine's yeah. schedule in the last series as well. It's was, one of the best series you've produced in years. Just stick it on at the same time every week so people don't forget yeah. it. Forget exactly. about it. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about the BBC, this is about the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is what was going on in America in 1995. So we'll go through the, the different categories and see who you'd have chosen for the win. Ooh, um, Seinfeld. Um, so, Outstanding Comedy Series. Um, and the nominees are... Frasier, Friends, The Larry Sanders Show, Mad About You, and Seinfeld. See, I like, I really do love Seinfeld, but Frasier has a special place in my heart. But I haven't, I haven't seen The Larry Sanders Show, and that apparently that's amazing, so I, I do need to catch up with that. I never got The Larry Sanders Show, it never quite did it for me. 
um, but I might have been a bit young when I watched it, maybe. Mm. So I would have, I'd have been 14 at the time. I That's... assume, considering the time, Friends won it because it was huge. No, I'm, I'm guessing Friends would have been sort of in its first se- season. Yeah, no, now. Yeah, I, I think it was quite, was when it started. hadn't yeah. quite oh, got traction yeah. yet. Yeah, I, w- I would say it would be Frasier or Seinfeld yeah. out of those. Um, I don't think Mad About... Um, but then again, the Emmys get it wrong all the time, so maybe yeah. Mad About You won it. It didn't. Frasier won. Um, I always found Frasier a little bit dour. No. I, it got its moments of being quite... But I found it a bit dour and a bit smug. Oh, no, I love dour and smug. <laughs> I love Frasier so much. Outstanding drama series. Your nominees are... Chicago Hope, ER, Law and Order, NYPD Blue, and The X-Files. Oh, I love police and hospital procedurals. Mm-mm-mm. Hasn't Law and Order been on for ever? I think, yeah, I think it was on Yeah, and they were so interchangeable and even more so than they are now because they they couldn't, their money didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, oh. So America boring. has a much bigger thing with these sort of programs than we do over here. Like CSI, I've never understood CSI. I don't know. We had, we've had, um, oh, what in terms of poli- uh, police, we have quite a lot of police. But they tend to be more like are you forgetting sh- the bill. How could you forget the bill? The bills are soap. Yeah, so so were these really? Come on. Yeah. ER was. I mean, ER was good. Hmm. But is this a soap really? Yeah. Oh, ER was more than ER in its prime was great. No, I just. It, I know. I still don't think welcome. procedurals is something we do. We do do here like that. Not as much. Um, yeah, we like we don't have any versions of CSI, and then even BBC related, they do tend to be actually quite good and more like a sort of a mini series than a, a long running. Well, there procedural. Were, I mean, that's just that's just Britain in general, though, isn't it? That's true. Luther, how many episodes of Luther were there? About six. <laughs> yeah. Over I think, four years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but then how many episodes of Midsummer Murders are there, which is effectively a police procedural? It just happens to be a very dreary one. <laughs> yeah. A tiny little village full of murders. <laughs> so who are you going for, then, if you were on oh. the panel? Chicago uh, Hope, ER, Law and Order, NYPD Blue, or The X-Files? I, the only ones out of them that I, I feel that I could actually talk about is the X-Files and ER. I haven't really given... Haven't I've, seen, I've seen the others, but I haven't seen enough of them to make a, a real opinion. Uh, so I would, yeah, the X-Files, I guess. No, NYPD Blue had it. Mm. I, th- I, get, I think those things, they have such a huge following of people that are just, they this t- is what they watch. I think I never saw it because I, I was a bit young. Um, and I, but I do believe NYPD Blue was a bit grittier. Okay, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. John Goodman hey. as Dan Connor in Roseanne. Kelsey Grammer as Dr. Frasier Crane in Frasier. Paul Reeser as Paul Buckman on Mad About You. Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry Seinfeld on Seinfeld. <laughs> and Gary Shandling as Larry Sanders on The Larry Sanders Show. Basically just exactly the same list as it was for the Outstanding mm. Comedy Series. Mm. Um, Didn't Rose... But with John Goodman put into the mix. Didn't Roseanne get really dark at the end of it? It turns um, someone died. Someone did I think die. Did John the Goodman daughter. die in it? Some, no, someone died. And then there's a whole life? thing where they win the lottery or something, but it's not real. And she's actually just really depressed. Yeah. I might have made that up, but it's, I, I don't think it did. There was something weird that happened at the end of that. Mm. Um, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. 
when are we going to get to the point where we stop gender splitting yeah. actors and actresses on these awards things? It's weird now. It's yeah. got weird now. I mean, what, less than 10 years ago, even though it was obviously weird then, I didn't even think about it. It was just, oh, now it's the, the male actor. And, but now, that is weird. That is a weird thing mm. to do. Yeah, lump them together. Give out two, two awards if you must. Yeah. But... Make sure you don't give one to a man and one to a woman. That would undermine the whole process. <laughs> it would just make the award sure, which in itself wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> um, your options um, for lead actress are Roseanne Barr um, in Roseanne, Candice Bergen um, as Murphy Brown in Murphy Brown. The hell is that? <laughs> Nothing. No recollection. Ellen DeGeneres as Ellen Morgan on Ellen. It's weird to think of Ellen as being hmm. primarily an actress. That's not yeah, so then, far yeah. removed from what she's known for. Helen Hunt from Mad About You and Sybil Shepherd um, from Sybil, um, who was hosting at the time. So let's hope she didn't have to <laughs> give herself an award, which she didn't, because Sybil was terrible. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, Candice Bergen won that one for Murphy mm, Brown, right, whatever what Murphy, Murphy Brown, Brown might have been. Um, sure some people are shouting at their podcast now Murphy Brown is an American situation comedy which aired on CBS from November 1988 to May 1998 a total of 247 episodes starred Candice Bergen as the eponymous Murphy Brown a famous investigative journalist and news anchor for a fictional CBS television news magazine sounds awful um I don't recognise any of the names of the other people that were in it. Oh, Lily Tomlin was in it for oh, two yeah. seasons. And supporting actor in a comedy series, we have got Jason Alexander as George Costanza. Hey! Again. Hosting. Hosting. <laughs> uh, David Hyde Pierce as Dr. Niles Crane. Hey! Michael Richards as Kramer from Seinfeld. Hey! David Schwimmer as Ross Geller. And Fuck off. Rip Torn as Arthur on The Larry Sanders Show. Rip Torn's got the best name in show mm. business, hasn't he? I don't know, David Schwimmer. <laughs> yeah. I hate Ross. I hate him so much. I want to wring his stupid paleontology neck until he's got no <laughs> life left in this stupid body you whiny little bitch I, I hate him you know what I don't think that you have to worry about David Schwimmer <laughs> yeah I don't think his comeback's coming anytime soon oh I hate him um, David Hyde Pierce um, won it as well so Fraser had a, a clean sweep there hey. um, outstanding supporting actress um, we've got Christine Baranski um, as Marianne Thorpe from Sybil uh, Lisa Kudrow as Phoebe Buffay. I hate Phoebe. Uh, Julia Louise <laughs> Dreyfus as Elaine from Seinfeld. I love Julia Louise yeah, Dreyfus so same. much. Uh, Laurie Metcalf um, as Jackie Harris on Roseanne. And Liz Torres as Mahalia Sanchez on The John Larroquette Show. Well, Julia Louise Dreyfus should get that because she has the most impeccable comic timing Doesn't of anyone just... alive. Um not as good as Christine Baranski's, though, apparently. <laughs> of course. Um, for her turn on Sybil. So let's let's just have a quick um, comparison, for comparison's sake, of um, this year's Emmys. Or last year's, rather. So, Outstanding Comedy Series went to Modern Family. Eh. That would stack up against Frasier 
I think for, for a mainstream family comedy, Modern Family is excellent. It's, but it's not a work of art in itself. It, the first couple of seasons, I yeah. would say, were. It, good. It went off good. the ball. I haven't seen That must be like season five or six there, which I've not even watched that far. But so yeah, I, I gave up after four. It, it feels it. void for that sort of comedy. Yeah, because it hasn't been a big. Like, yeah. just. It's and on it, constantly. You have to kind of remember as well that not all comedy has to be sort of biting and self-deprecating or whatever like it can be just this is just a little bit of fun that kids can actually probably watch as well and it's yeah. on at a reasonable time yeah like, which doesn't sound like I'm selling it very well because I'm not because it doesn't appeal to me but I think it does need to exist no, it does a good job it's it's politics are progressive and that's a really valuable thing because yeah. it ends up with people liking it who if you ask them without thinking about the context of that mm-hmm. show yeah. would be opposed to some of the values that it represents oh, yeah. and so totally. if it breaks down it does anything to break down those barriers and that's only a good thing uh, however it did beat Veep and Louie which are both excellent so mm-hmm. um, outstanding drama series how about this for smashing it out of the park the nominees Downton Abbey, okay, fair enough. Uh, Game they, of Thrones. They love Downton Abbey. They, America, do. they, they think they it's like genuinely it good, don't they? Yeah. But you'd be surprised the amount of people you wouldn't expect absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, like critics that I really respect. Yeah. And to be fair, I've never watched a full episode, so maybe I should have given it a bigger what I've seen of it, the cherry, but it's it appalling. seems... Well, yeah, or it's, it's, it's just very, very easy the production values have not been good in the bits that I've seen no. No, I don't think any of us yeah. can judge it though because yeah we haven't seen it and with one of our mutual friends anyway it was exactly the same and then she became addicted to it she's watched all of it we're not she was just, yeah. and she'll, it's one of those things people say yeah but once you've seen it you'll think it's brilliant and I've had tons of things like that before it actually has we're not the target though. audience really anyway no, because this um, is what our houses are like all the time anyway. Yes, so. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I can just look out the window. <laughs> um, I can just get my manservant to tell me about his day. <laughs> so yeah, Downton Abbey, but also House of Cards, Mad Men, True Detective, Game of Thrones, and Breaking Bad. That's a that good takes line, the that, piss I mean, out of 1995. Yeah, it, and it really uh, does. Breaking Bad won that. I don't know why True Detective is, is in. Outstanding drama series when Fargo is in outstanding miniseries, and they were both the same sure number that, of episodes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Fargo had more episodes than uh, they were the same, than they True were Detective. And I think True Detective was eight. Anyway, no. they they should be in the same category. Yeah. Have some consistency. I think they just um, maybe they wanted to give Fargo the award, so they put True Detective in the outstanding drama series category. Yeah, just so, I wonder how so they, they make that complain. decision. Uh, but also outstanding miniseries. Uh, Tramey got a, a nomination and Luther as well. So there's some real quality stuff here. Mm. I quite liked Lufa. I thought it was... Yeah, it was really, fun. It was, it was fun, wasn't it? It was really cheesy. But it was... I like Idris Elba. That was good. It's fine. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series was won by Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. And he beat such actors as Louis C.K., Matt LeBlanc, who is great in episodes, uh, William H. Macy and Don Cheadle. And he beat Ricky Gervais's heartwarming portrayal of a mentally handicapped man in um, in Derek. Fuck's sake. Fucking Derek. I don't even think I've oh. watched more than five minutes of that. Oh my god, it is painful. I don't it's mind it so disgustingly saccharine and... Oh, no. I, I, I didn't dislike it. If, if you're <sighs> listening, Ricky Gervais, I'm, I'm going to fight your corner. Um, I did really like extras. 
I think. Fine. I mean, nothing's yeah. going to top the office, is it? You might no. as well go home. Uh, outstanding lead actress in a comedy <laughs> series, Julia Louise Dreyfus finally gets the award. Um, she won it beating off. She beat incredible competition from Lena Dunham, Edie Falco, Melissa McCarthy, Amy Poehler, and Taylor Schilling. I mean, that's that's, a, that's so much. That's the, the a characters that they're portraying yeah. there yeah. compared to the strength of the characters. You know, I'd have had Edie Falco win, win that for um, Jackie Payton and Nurse Jackie because she is great in that. Mm. But she's I, great in I, everything. I, yeah, Amy Poehler for everything. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, outstanding lead actor in a drama series. We'll 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 be we'll go through this quick. Um, Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad, Jeff Daniels, The Newsroom, John Hamm, Mad Men, Woody Harrelson, True Detective, Matthew McConaughey, True Detective, and Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. How much does that show how much TV has improved in those 20 years? Mm -hmm. Wow. What a list. Uh, Lead actress, Juliana Margueles in The Good Wife. Sorry, any (laughs) (laughs) any Hispanic listeners. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey, Kerry Washington, and Robin White pretty good as well and what a wonderful space for me to talk about some work that i've been doing on um a website entitled the bottle episode hey we're doing a podcast here no i'm i'm gonna muscle on in because it seems appropriate for me to do so um a friend of the show um a chap by the name of matt latham has put together a wonderful website which is at bottleepisode.co.uk um which is dedicated all to the um medium of television reviews um it's a fantastic looking site really nice to get around um and he's been generous enough to host a review that i've written for the first season of halt and catch fire which um if you fancy going and have a look at then please do ben fogel i remember ben fogel it's like the sort of rich man's matt baker (laughs) (laughs) matt baker's like a middle class man's Who's the poor know. man's Matt Baker? Um, God, that's a good question. It is, isn't it? He's like the, the country side man that's not quite poshy posh, not quite Matt Baker. Who's the, Just like it's, it's, it's who's the short Packham, bald it? guy? Who's the short bald guy who gets a bit shouty and does consumer affairs stuff? Oh, Dom. <laughs> don't, get, don't get Dom. That guy? Yeah. Dom, yeah. Dom? Dom. Oh, don't yeah, it's... Dom. Dom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom. Okay. Dom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him. Dom, Dom Littlewood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, all right. That's that sorted. Let's move on. (laughs) Benjamin Ben Meyer Fogel, born 3rd of November 1973 in Westminster, London, is an English adventurer, author, broadcaster and writer, best known for his presenting roles with Channel 5, BBC and ITV. I like that it, it, it says... Is an English adventurer clarification needed? <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I think he's edited his own Wikipedia article. If you were yeah. on Wikipedia, yeah. what would your description be? Um, as of right now, if, if someone did it, I'd like it to say charming. No, you can't describe yourself. I just I yeah. do host we a podcast. Nouns. No, we, yeah, we no adjectives. Nouns. Okay, Chris Wallace, born January twelfth, nineteen eighty-eight, is. Uh, Podcast man on podcasts, <laughs> and he likes he likes going out. <laughs> Gsoh! Wow, this isn't your Tinder profile. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to do that. 
Like, it does end up sounding like your sort of online dating profile when you try and do it yourself. You really need an outside person yeah, like, to do it. Uh, I'm an author, broadcaster, and adventurer. <laughs> adventurer first. Yeah. Phil? Um, international man of mystery. Mm, I think I'd good. go for. Uh, and then that would just be it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is uh, Last of the Famous International Playboys. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Fogel is the son of. Fogel's a stupid name. Fogel. It sounds like Fraggle. Fogel Rock. Fogel is the son of an of English actress Julia Foster and Canadian expatriate veterinarian Bruce Fogel. He was educated at two independent schools, the Hall School in Hampstead. The Hall School. The Hall School. I thought you said um, Hall School. And <laughs> Sorry. Bryanston School in Blandford Forum. He's really posh. Yeah, Blandford. Posh. I've never even heard of that. Blandford Forums in Dorset. Um, followed by the University of Portsmouth and the University of Costa Rica. Oh, God. How did he get in there? <laughs> by being really posh. Yeah. Fogel became a midshipman in the Royal Navy Reserve. Don't even know what that is. Serving as a URNU officer on HMS Blazer. Now that is posh. Yeah. HMS Blazer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so... Ugh. I hate posh people. I hate... Well... They're so rich. They, that's what it is, isn't it? It's just the richness. Does that make it jealousy? Yes. Okay. I don't mind, though. No. <laughs> Fogel first came to public notice by participating in the BBC reality show Castaway 2000, which followed a group of 36 people marooned on the Scottish island of Tar- Taransay for a year starting on 1st of January 2000. The social experiment aims to create a fully self-sufficient community within a year. That just sounds pathetic now, doesn't uh, it, 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 when was, things yeah. follow up to, are followed up by 2000. Well, it, what else is, it sounds pathetic is that they um, still called reality social experiments. Yeah. Mm. When it, The Big Brother used to be a social experiment. Yeah, absolutely. All of them did. This was completely the BBC's answer to um, Big Brother, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, Big Brother's a bit low-brow and everything else. We're going to do something. Let's get some ponchos onto an island. on an island. Um, That's quite a good idea. I'm up for just doing that in general. Posho Island. <laughs> just put them, on, put them all on an island and just fucking leave them there. Yeah. <laughs> and we can have the country back. <laughs> See you later, David Cameron. You can't enjoy starving to death. <laughs> See how you like it. The tone shifted. <laughs> Fogel is a television presenter working for the BBC, ITV, Channel 5, Sky, Discovery, and National Geographic. Oh. Choose a home. Exactly. To tie your. But tie he's, your he is mast. an adventurer tie of your the lands and of the televisions. Yeah. <laughs> and of British based television channels, yes. mainly on Sky. He traverses the, the rocky heights of the National Geographic channel. Oh. <laughs> Listen to this list of shows he's presented. He's presented Crufts, mm. One Man and His Dog, Country <laughs> File, Country Tracks, Extreme Dreams with Ben Fogel. I've had one of those. <laughs> Animal Park, Wild on the West Coast, Wild in Africa, and Ben Fogel's Escape in Time. Oh, wow, what's that one? <laughs> That's just a bit sci-fi. Departure. I, I, I feel like we should just briefly divert to one man and his dog because for non-Brits that are listening oh, yeah. that's going to freak God. them out <laughs> uh, even even for us now that seems a bit how the hell did that ever happen yeah 
Well, well, I've just looked, and it's a very short Wikipedia page, so I think we should just breathe through it. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's probably in your interest to know what one man and his dog. One man is. and his dog. Because yeah, I just read that out as if yeah, it's just one man and his dog. I don't need to dwell yeah. on that. Well, uh, listeners, if you don't know what it is, just have a little think to yourself now. Pause the podcast. Close your eyes for a minute or two, and just think: What is the TV show One Man and His Dog about? Uh, it's been running since 1976, so it's been quite the phenomena. Um, mm. uh, it's been a stalwart of British television for all of those years, produced by the BBC. Just take a while, what might that be? This pastoral title, One Man and His Dog. And it's Ben, we've learned about Ben Fogel. He likes adventuring <laughs> animals. <laughs> yeah. He bloody loves trees. You got that picture. Hold that picture in your mind, foreign listeners. I don't know. Maybe exports well. Maybe they're well aware of what <laughs> maybe, yeah. really, really maybe it's been, the format has been sold all around the world. I find that hard to believe. One Man and His Dog is a television series in the United Kingdom featuring sheepdog trials. Mm. Uh, originally presented by Phil Drabble with commentary by Eric Holsall and later Roy Olleranshaw, in 1994, Robin Page replaced Drabble as the main presenter. At its peak in the early 1980s, it attracted audiences in excess of 8 million. Wow. And that's a big number for for UK audiences. That's about as big as Coronation Street and EastEnders do these days. Yeah. But if you you live in like Manchester or inner city or anything like that, surely this is completely foreign. Yeah. Yeah, you probably didn't even know that dogs existed. What a sheepdog (laughs) trial is maybe that would be a better thing to explain because it doesn't actually go into detail i don't even think i know what a sheepdog is it just like a test for dogs pretty much um (laughs) a sheepdog trial also herding event stock dog trial or simply dog trial is a competitive dog sport in which herding dogs move sheep around a field (laughs) fences gates or enclosures as directed by their handlers such events are particularly associated with hill farming areas where sheep range widely on largely unfenced lands. These trials take place in the United Kingdom, Ireland, South Africa, Chile, Canada and the USA, apparently. Mm. Um, Australia, New Zealand and other farming nations. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they take part, take, uh, I'm sure they take place. I'm fairly sure they're not televised. <laughs> so it's like... For 40 years. So it's like they've got to do a practical test and then after it's done they get their... A license is that is that how it works? Sure. Oh, well, yeah, like a driving test. Yeah. Yeah, but with, for dogs with sheep. Well, no, it's a competition. It's not. Oh. This is competitive. So who's the best dog handler? Uh, hmm. Shouting at their their border collies. Oh, come it, by, come by. The dog's like, oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come by. That come noise by. must drive them mad. <laughs> that's the that's all an episode. You of. would be a brilliant. Shepherd. Yeah, this is your calling. And it's <laughs> You've got the beard. You see the crook. You've be... got the, uh, the the tweed jacket. <laughs> I've got several tweed jackets. There you go, I think you're in. Yeah. Do you have a sheepdog? I don't. Get one. Uh, Fogel made a film about the facial deforming disease Noma for a BBC2 documentary, Make Me a New Face, which followed the work of charity Facing Africa and the Great Ormond Street Hospital. Fogel has produced films about naval history and the Royal National Lifeboat Institute for the History Channel and followed Princes William and Harry on their first royal tour in Botswana and made an exclusive documentary called Prince William's Africa. Well, they've given Africa to Prince William now, have they? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> That's good. Just inherited it. it was... <laughs> Anybody told them? No, who cares? It's only Africa, isn't it? 
He marked the centenary of Captain Robert Falcon Scott's expedition to the South Pole with the secret of Scott's hut. Fogel is popular on the motivational and corporate speaking circuit. Yeah, I bet he is. Mm -hmm. All his buddies just ganging together, throw some more money in that direction. His new series, Swimming with Cock... (laughs) (laughs) His new series, Swimming with Crocodiles, will air on BBC Two and Storm City in 3D on Sky One and National Geographic. Fogel has become a special correspondent on NBC News in the United States. Oh, no. He's, he's, a, he's a representative. Yeah. It's because he looks... They love you it. know what? He doesn't even look that English. He, he kind of looks a bit like... Um, it's, he's got too much muscle definition to look English. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. He looks, a bit, he looks a bit Nordic, maybe. Actually, he has the, he has the sort of stupid, withered, oh, I'm very sad, Hugh Grant face. Mm. Um, he just looks like a twat. And I know you can't judge people on their appearance. But well, we're not. We're judging him on his adventures. Yeah. I've never enjoyed anything that he's done, so... I don't know that I've really seen anything that he's done. No, me neither, um, but I know I don't like it. I've seen him on some rocks with his shirt off on something. Uh, and the kind of television that we're talking about, it's so coma-inducing. It's poorly off-work television, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When and old when you can't reach the remote and you've yeah. got no energy to do so. Yeah. When you've got uh, elderly people that are wheeled into their care home common mm. room and just left there without changing the channel, this is what they leave on. Why is that also? I can understand it for the daytime. Why is that also? And this is just a British thing. Why is that also Sunday nights? Sunday evenings, nighttime. Yeah, it goes back wind to daytime down, TV. Wind down time for the oldies. Yeah. For it all kicks just, off again on Monday. It's just so easy to fill the schedules with that shit. And it's yeah. generally inoffensive. Nobody's going to write a letter of complaint about it. No one's going to turn off in their droves just because Ben Fogel's inoffensive face has come on the screen. They're just going to... Oh, Look at these pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's how country fire works, isn't it? Mm, Look yeah. at these pigs. He, he looks after them. All, how, of, how's that? all of those Sunday night shows just give me... Even now, give me a real chill up the spine mm. because it's ju- it just it makes you think school tomorrow the um antiques heartbeat theme tune antiques yeah. roadshow songs of praise points of view yeah all of it just scares the shit out of me yeah I scares that. the shit out of yeah you. i didn't like school wow yeah i hated that i still oh. hate antiques roadshow uh since 2013 fogel has presented two series of harbour lives um, a documentary series on ITV. In 2014, Fogel joined the presenting team on the ITV series Countrywise with Liz Bonin and Paul Heaney. Don't know who they are. Liz Bonin sounds familiar. Is she the she Irish one? She was on Rise, I think. She's yeah. the Irish one, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, she sure. knows science. She knows science, yeah. She's on um, with um, Dara right. O'Brien and yeah, that's it. Um, Posh Manc Science Band, mm. dude. Yeah, that's him. Um... In 2013, Fogel presented a new show for Channel 5 called Ben Fogel, New Lives in the Wild um, that saw him follow the stories of people living in the wild and isolated from society. Additionally, Fogel took over as host of Animal Clinic on Channel 5, replacing Rolf Harris. Why was that then? Why did they (laughs) feel the need to replace Rolf Harris there? That's disgusting. How can you replace such a national treasure at a job? With Ben Fogel. God, oh Rolf! Did he ever do anything with the animals? Is that because he was around animals a lot? He was. He did spend a lot of time with animals. Is is that maybe wrong to say? Is that offensive to say that if you're into kids, you're probably into animals? Um, 
I'm not sure it's a sector of society I'm worried about offending. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the fact that I'm deciding to not say anything makes me think it's a grey area. Yeah, but so is having sex with kids, so... Yeah. In fact, that's not even grey, that's black. That is a black and white situation, isn't it? <laughs> that's one of the rare times. <laughs> All right, that's the paedophilia mention <laughs> done for this week. <laughs> okay, and it, it's good to know how blurry your consideration is about it. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to say this is bad. <laughs> I remember now. It's oh. another flag. Yeah, cover blown. Definite flag. Ben Fogel has an illustrious sporting career, it would appear, of that I didn't he does. know anything about. Um, Fogel was the first to cross the line in the pairs division of the 2005 to 2006 Atlantic rowing race. Oh, in... rowing, really? Yeah, obviously <laughs> rowing. I was expecting basketball. In the spirit of EDF Energy, was the name of his boat. Oh, That's a really beautiful name for mm. a boat. Yeah, lovely. Um, partnered by Olympic rower James Cracknell. While competing in the 3,000-mile race, the pair had their boat fully capsized by huge waves. They made landfall in Antigua um, on January 2006, a crossing time of 49 days, 19 hours, 8 minutes. After penalties, they were placed second in the pairs and fourth overall. The BBC series that followed the pair, Through Hell and High Water, won a Royal Television Society award. Did it? Yeah. Mm. It's quite a dry Wikipedia article, isn't it, really? He also completed in the six-day Marathon des Sables on the Worldwide Fund for Nature... For the Worldwide Fund for Nature, not on them. <laughs> marathoning, over anim- marathoning over animals. That's what Rob Harris did. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, oh, shit, yeah, you can libel alive pedos, can't you? Yeah. Okay. I don't know that his interests would be best served suing you for saying he ran a marathon over some animals. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Slandering um, my good name. I have heard that Rolf is into a bit of animal BDSM. <laughs> Who have you heard that from? We sang about it, didn't he? Timey kangaroo. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite have the heart to go through with that joke and I just stumbled in the middle. <sighs> Never mind. He beat EastEnders actor Sid Owen in a three rounds charity boxing match for BBC Sport Relief. Why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, put incredible athlete and adventurer Ben Fogel up against Ricky from EastEnders and expect it to be a fair fight. <laughs> oh, it's Ricky. Not fair. Oh, this is quite interesting. Um, he tried to visit the pic. This is on his writing career. He's written six books. Of course, he has. Um, and he tried to visit the Pitcairn Island by private yacht. But when the inhabitants learned that he was a journalist, they refused to let him land. Hmm. Um, Fogel claims they suspected he was a spy, and after six hours of interrogation, he was refused permission to visit and deported. Well, I suspect he was a spy. He, he, was, like a spy. he was also accused of attempting to smuggle a breadfruit onto the island. Um, <laughs> What's a breadfruit? breadfruit? God, the people of Pitcairn Island. Are you, are you familiar with the story of Pitcairn Island? No, I'm not. Oh, there was a massive paedophile. It's a, a mission number two. There was a um, massive paedophile scandal on the Pitcairn Island, which has got a population of about 60. And really? they were basically fiddling with one another. Um was oh, all that they had to do for fun on the Pitcairn Island, which is in the middle of nowhere. Um, what are you going to do? 
So in 2004, charges were laid against seven men living on Pitcairn Island and six living abroad. This accounted for nearly a third of the male population. After extensive trials, most of the men were convicted, some with multiple counts of sexual encounters with children. Nice. Oh, paedophiles, paedophiles everywhere. And they Not didn't. a drop to drink. And they didn't want Fogel on their island. No. <laughs> they knew he wasn't a pedo. That's one thing you can say about Ben Fogel. Not yeah, a pedo. He's the, you go to Fogel. When you want a non-paedophile, when you've had your fill of paedophiles, <laughs> Fogel's the man you call. <laughs> That's been proven. In 2006, Fogel married Marina Hunt, whom he met while walking his black Labrador retriever, Inca, in London's Hyde Park. What a nice meat cute that is. Mm, lovely. Um, their first child, a boy named Ludwig. Fuck off. Ludwig Fogwell. Ludwig Fogwell. <laughs> What's his name again? Ludwig <laughs> Herbert Richard Fogel was born in 2009. Um, their second child, a girl named Iona, which is very similar to the name of the Black Labrador Retriever. <laughs> yeah, Inca and Iona. In 2010, Fogel appeared on the television programme Would I Lie to You, where he admitted and showed <gasps> oh, no. that he had a tattoo of a nautical star on his right shoulder. Oh, that's, well, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? Um, that it was going to be on his left shoulder, um, which he claims to have acquired at the end of a drunken evening in a pub with the previously unknown tattooist. Wild rock and roll. It's weird for someone who's lived a, such a, an um, like an adventurous life. Well, he's an adventurer to uh, be so dry and dull. Mm. For someone that's like done all these feats, uh, it's just the dictionary definition of inoffensive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's just a go-to. You want a steady pair of hands that's going to present your program and not about touch kids the, and not touch kids, no matter how much you tempt him with them. He's no. not going to touch <laughs> no. those kids. He knows not to. He's made a career out of not touching kids. <laughs> you know what? That's enough to get a good presenting slot on the yeah. BBC these yeah. days. In the current don't climate, do it. that's enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's just a steady pair of hands, and that's what the world needs sometimes when it's making television for old people. Oh, don't get me wrong. If I was stranded somewhere, I'd like to have him. I think, oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, it's good. You're Be in like, the right age oh, bracket. Should I row us <laughs> to safety? You know, fuck off, Ben. You go. I'll stay here. <laughs> I'd be clutching onto him for dear life. Yeah. And scoop me up in those big manly mm. arms. I have actually clung on to someone for dear life while they've rescued me from an island before. What? I want to know more. Um, I was on holiday. I was about 10. And my mum made friends with this horrible woman and she had a child who was called William and he had bright blonde hair and he modelled for Next and he was a little prick. Um, and he was a few years younger than me. And one day we went out on the sea. We were in Mallorca, I think. Um, and we had, we had a little rowing boat and we, we rowed off into the distance and then there was a big storm and right. we sort of lost control of the boat and we started to drift out to sea and we were edging towards a big rock and for some reason I thought if we hit this rock we're dead we were going at about two miles an hour but I was ten I was scared uh, William, the little prick, jumped off and swam back to shore and even though I'm a strong swimmer I just freaked out and just, just stayed in the boat <laughs> I awaited death because I just couldn't make a decision for myself um, and then a Spanish man on a speedboat came and rescued me about 20 minutes later um, in this storm and I cried the whole way back and I was and I was going thank you thank you so much for saving my life clinging on to his, his back as he, as he drove to the shore and, uh, and he 
Even though I was repeatedly saying thank you for saving my life, he didn't once speak to me at all. <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> he just remained stony silent. Um, and that's, that's the time I was rescued by... It might have been Ben Fogel. Spanish Ben Fogel. <laughs> okay. I'm not particularly nationalistic, but I feel like you let the whole country down that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was an Englishman abroad. We all let our countrymen down. Oh, we have down. a guy. He jumped off. To be fair, he should have rescued you as well. Yeah. No, but you, your options were, I'm going to get out and I'll survive. No, nope. I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay. The, yeah. the, the, the little blonde boy, a few years younger than you as well. That, yes. would that <laughs> is, that, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I could just, I was, I was like quite far out. The shore was disappearing. It was like mm-hmm. just a little speck. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is it. Mm-hmm. You're like, scary. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're in a boating lake of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> it was the sea. I'm not sure if it was stormy, you know, it might not have been. I might have made that up to make me feel better. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's one of my brushes with death. You could have been like Tom Hanks in Castaway. Yeah, could have been. You wouldn't have lasted a minute. Could have been like Ben Vogel. Could have been. See, this makes me an adventurer. It does. It does. You do classes. Well, not very good adventurer because you didn't adventure very far. <laughs> adventure to a rock. <laughs> you conquered that rock. Fogel rock. We're nearly done with Ben Fogel. Everyone will oh, be pleased God. to learn. His waxwork was recently unveiled at Madame Two Swords. Two- Madame Two Swords is shit. Well, what is it with Madame Two Swords? I don't know. It impresses people that have never seen photographs. It's so I fucking shit. I really don't understand what it's for. Yeah, it's like. Like, I, think I, don't, people, I don't understand it people at that all. People want to stand and get their picture taken. Yeah. Is it for that like one joke that they can do? Where they can say, oh, I met Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, well, not actually. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. it. What do they we do with the, the pedo, Madam Who Swords Wax Melt them down. Just what? melt them down. <laughs> I've just had a brilliant idea for a business. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we need, not for melting down pedos. No, this is unrelated. What we did, we set up a stall just outside Madam Two Swords, just mm. as the idiot punters are going yeah. in. And we, we heard them off from Madam Two Swords and said, don't go so in it's there. It's like don't man, one man in money. stock. No, don't. Just, do you, do you don't come on us, come on us. And then we, we take those people and we, we train them how to use Photoshop. Ah. There you go. About your business now. You don't need to go in there. We'll, we'll charge you a lot less. Yeah. On a ticket. We'll charge you a lot less than Madam Two Swords and you That's can be with any, any any celebrity you want living you or dead. You could be on the moon. You could be on the moon. So you're Big business idea is Photoshop lessons. Yeah. Because I think that exists. <laughs> <laughs> location, location, location. Okay. Did Ben yeah. Fogel present that? <laughs> Sounds like something he'd do. Yeah. It does. Um, okay, that's good. Let's get that No, we've got one more. One more oh, Ben Fogel. God. <laughs> it's quite a good one. Um, on the 20th of February 2013, BBC Newsbeat published an article stating that he had claimed that his drink had been spiked at a pub in Gloucestershire. <laughs> He described the effects as making him try to jump out of a window and he subsequently spent a night in hospital. But it doesn't say he spent a night in hospital as a result of jumping out of a window. Just subsequently. The mystery is effects. Well, Newsbeat is a sufficiently austere news source <laughs> that it knows not to speculate where it hasn't got at least three confirmation pieces of evidence. I've, um, I've got a fun story about being spiked as well. Oh, oh God. God. Another anecdote. Can I tell the anecdote, please? Go on. Um, I got spiked. I was at uni. I went to uni for three weeks in Cardiff. It was three and a half, actually. Did so. you have to be rescued by a Spanish man on a speedboat? Not quite. I, I sort of had to be put to bed by my Welsh flatmate, Gus, who <laughs> was very nice to me. Um, the least Welsh name I've ever heard. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I got I got spiked um, in a pub just around the corner from our um, halls of residence. I can't really remember what happened. I had one pint and I was completely <laughs> out of it. anecdote's poor. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I only know what I've been told and um, my flatmates came back into the, the flat to find me putting some southern fried chicken into the oven with my pants down. <laughs> <laughs> There we have it, another episode done. Um, we do have some other news this week. We appeared on the Failed Critics film podcast. That uh, was fun. It was fun. Cross-promotion alert. Yay. Cross-promotion <laughs> alert. We um we enjoyed the company of the uh, Failed Critics guys, and we, we had a nice chat about Ted 2 and some other films. So if you'd like to listen to that, you can find it at failedcritics.com. It's, it's good. Don't make it sound like I might have enjoyed Ted 2 in any way. <laughs> yes, we. Well, I, I'm the only one that didn't see Ted Two, but mm. I did not enjoy it. You won't be surprised to hear that Chris thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good enough. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you can listen to that at failcritics.com. But before you do that, and before you do anything else, get yourselves over to ukpodcasters.com um, and vote for us or any. But no, vote for us. Vote for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, those other guys. Us. None of, yeah, none of those other guys um, for the UK Podcaster Awards. You've got until the end of July. Only takes two seconds. Just do a search for Wiki Shuffle. While you're there, leave us a little review saying how awesome you think we are. Um, and then, yeah, if you wanted to vote for us at the UK Podcasters Awards, that would be just lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, follow us at all the usual places, like Twitter, at WikiShufflePod. We're on Facebook, not that we ever do anything to update anything on Facebook. And you can also find us at wikishuffle.co.uk. Yep. There's an interesting thing on this UK podcaster's website, on our on our page, which says, this podcast listing expires in 3 hours, 16 minutes and 25 seconds. Huh. So that's good. Better vote quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not releasing this till Tuesday, so um, we might be gone. So if if you do go on the website and for some reason we've been terminated, um, we'll we'll try and tweet and um, update you on the situation. But if we're still there, so give us a vote. Um, it's a great website if you're into podcasts with UK presenters and who isn't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out. Vote for us. Make us very happy. All right. So yeah, failcritics.com as well. And we will see you soon. Ominous. Vague. Mm. <laughs> Bye. Well, Bye. Probably, probably next Tuesday, because that's just how it works, isn't it? We'll see. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I think Jack's got something planned for us. <laughs> <laughs>